Hello everyone and welcome to Funky Baz and Face, three brothers talking footy. Boys, AFL Grand Final Week, special, special week, guest. Huh? What an episode about it promises to be it's this like, week. It's like Christmas week, boys. It, it's one of the best days of the year is AFL Grand Final Day. It always has been, always will be. It's a special time. It gives you the tingles. Do It does. <laughs> you don't get tingles? <laughs> no, I get pretty excited though, for a grand final day. We've got a guest in here which we'll introduce soon. We gave a hint to our guest last week. Faces lit up Twitter with who our guest is going to be this week. Well, it's a special bit of Photoshop that I managed to do outside of work hours, just in case my boss is listening. But uh, no, I had some great uh, feedback on that, so thanks everyone for contributing. But Funky, apart from our special guest, everyone on Twitter knows about it, the week is all about this. Hopefully. I know. <laughs> Don't we love our technology? There we go. This song is lighting up AFL week. You just can't <laughs> help but just nod your head to it. <laughs> there we go. It's all about the, the uh, big Cracking sound. Well, given how good Richmond's song is, the yellow and black, the fact that that song is out... I was actually a bit disappointed that Collingwood didn't win last so week, just because you can get the Collingwood-Richmond uh, grand final. It would have been 180,000 members trying to get into that MCG. Because you've always bagged the Giants. You said they're not going to play a grand final and they've only got five supporters. So, well, you, so you've, you've been very critical. I have been critical. They're there, and whether they've got five supporters or not should make no difference. Well, I thought they had they last week. The way that they withstood that comeback was incredible in that last quarter. Yeah, they played well. They did play very well. I, I actually thought the grand final would be flat this week. There's no Connolly Richmond. It's been talked up for a couple of weeks. But I'll tell you what, it's really um, given a different angle to the grand final this week. Well, what good timing we have for this guest because when it comes to grand finals, this man knows grand finals. Have a listen to this. Hamley Bridge Junior, Col- Junior Colts Association medalist in 1987 <laughs> drafted to St Kilda with pick number six. How yeah, good is that? Big pressure. Uh, anyone know? Uh, this was in 1995. Anyone know who went number one? In that year? Yeah. Oh, Waterhouse. Uh, uh, what's his name? Clive. Clive. <laughs> Clive Waterhouse is pick number six. With the mullet, this, the blonde This mullet. man went to uh, number six. Uh, Waterhouse was number one. This man went to number six. Primus number two. Thank you, Face. Uh, debuted for the St. Kilda Football Club as a skinny 22-year-old. Uh, played a total of 38 games for the Saints. Kicked 24 goals. Six against West Coast in 1998. Return to the Mighty Bulldogs. How's this for a record, boys? 135 games, 160 goals, five-time Premiership play in the golden era of the Central District Football Club. Four-time Premiership captain, three-time state player and assistant coach for South Australia. Um, When he retired, retired, uh, assistant coach at Centrals of the Mighty Roy Laird, grand finalist 2006, uh, couldn't get it done over the Eagles that year. Uh, 2007 (laughs) Premiers. Uh, at Port Adelaide, development manager 2008, football development manager 11-13, and senior coach at North Adelaide, 9 and 10. Boys, welcome Daniel Healy to the Funky Baz and Face podcast. Daniel Healy, welcome. Thank you. I'm honoured to be here. A little bit disappointed it's taken two years to get here, but we're <laughs> here now, so I'll... I'll Save um, the best to all well, well, we so had, welcome. We had to bring someone in that listened to us. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be listening from now on, I promise. And all of us on Twitter, so that's... That, that, is, a, that is a ridiculously good resume, isn't it? That, that is just outstanding. How many people from Hamley Bridge have played AFL footy? I reckon there's Luke McKay. Oh, Luke McKay, yeah. have got me well and truly covered. Mm-hmm. Peter Bubner played, not AFL, but he played some state of origin. Yeah. Played mm-hmm. 200, so yeah. they'd probably be... They might have me covered, I reckon, yeah. those two, but yeah. 
um, yeah, it's, um, Premiership to games ratio, probably not as much. Probably not. Well, <laughs> how special was that golden era at Centrals? You must have loved it. I did. I did. I, um, when you when you get delisted, obviously there's a real sense of disappointment and letdown. Um, to be effectively told you're not good enough. Um, and then so then there's, there's a lot of blokes who really struggle with that. And I was lucky enough to come home. The Saints struggled the next couple of years after that, and somehow there's a there's some sort of twisted satisfaction in seeing that and then on the flip side you come back to a club that were on the up and it, the timing was right and a few of us got together and it was it was yeah as i said timing right getting supplies there together mm. and um we were able to go through that run it, it certainly made the the pill a lot easier to swallow of being kicked out of the afl i guess yeah i uh, joined centrals as a fitness coach in 1998 helping out um kevin norton who was a fitness coach and then i, I remember the day that you came Back, I think you were just signed with Centrals. This was uh, the end of '99. Were you always with it? Sorry, were you always going to go back to Centrals? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I um, there was a few clubs in Victoria ring me. I know. I reckon I was always coming home, and I was never going to go elsewhere. Um, Granny probably knew. Chris Grant probably knew that as well. Hence why <laughs> probably get looked after as well as I would like yeah. to. But yeah, there was no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He was in doing the research. There was a great comment about. Um, claiming to be the sole reason that the Gowan twins chose Central Districts. So Port were the first um, team to ring Gowan boys. I think South Adelaide tried. South Adelaide tried to get them. And then they said, oh, well, let's go to Hills because we know I'm from St Kilda, let's go to Central Districts. So what a massive decision. You coming home, you know, being delisted by St Kilda and then, funny enough, how it works out and have a great run with Centrals for those flags over those years. Um, Yeah, a couple of little bits on that. So they were mad... um, um, surf lifesavers that they were from Anglesey, they've still got yep. their thick bathers that they wore <laughs> and, and, and bloody good apparently well, they'll tell you that <laughs> so the story that Greg Anderson and the South Adelaide crew told them was that we're like the man, we're like the manly of, of Adelaide, no longer like the manly of Adelaide so, <laughs> so we're up against it until they yeah. actually lobbed and worked out that no longer wasn't quite the <laughs> but unfortunately yeah, that was a tough gig for South to crew and so no, there's no doubt that then um, but the other interesting thing was it was this is going to sound bizarre for people now who know how great they are and what they've done for the club. It was a hard sell to convince Centrals that these two guys who they didn't really know were, that it was worth investing in two of them. And I started down myself. I rang St Kilda recruiter, John Beveridge, who was always helpful with us. And I said, Johnny, I'm, I'm not barking up the wrong three. The gowns will be good one. They only knew what sort of people they were. And he said, no, no, that'll be great. The challenge is always, and it's probably why they didn't, well, not probably, it's why they didn't get on a list easier because there was two of them identical. Um, They're saying, well, two, and I said, no, they'll be good. And it wasn't until they first training when they lapped everyone three times in the the 4K that Jonah and Granny started taking. So it was bizarre that there was actually a challenge in actually convincing the club that it was worth investing in these two. I actually remember in that first year, it did actually take them a half a year to get amongst and people to get to understand them and to get them so that they were winning the races as well. James Gowans played twos in that first game. It was uh, Sturt and Unley. So he was yeah. a bit. How much would he hated that? I think he got injured in the trial yeah. and played twos. But they were got, they threatened to go home at the start. So the dad was carrying. Dad was over carrying on, yelling out at Prezos. They won't be here long. Joan had to go around to the house and say, "If you want to go, he, he called their bluff and then just go." Um, they were hating it. They, it was thirty odd degrees. We started that year early because it was the Olympics year. It was thirty eight degrees that day. Yeah. 
he'd finished his game, didn't set up, didn't set up in uniform, and he just was top off. In the, you know, then he wasn't quite as fat as he is now, so it was bearable. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was real. This rebel, you know, it was yeah. bullshit. Why, you know, why, why is he was, why is he was playing? We're not. Mm. We played AFL more recently. They, mm. they were really shit. They were, and mm. that's we know their passion now. That's yeah. what made them who they are. But yeah, they were pretty. It was at the time you would have thought, who are these people saying to us? I mean, Central's, you know, we're a league club. How dare you do that? Like, there'd be a bit of that as well. <laughs> that was absolutely what some of the local. Absolutely, yeah. like some of the locals. Now, yeah. if you look back now, everyone's saying, "Well, they had every right to be saying that," but at the yeah. time, it wasn't like People's that. Yeah. So, I, I was interesting. Getting a bit serious, I did feel a little bit um, guilty, conscious, awkward about the whole time because he sort of told these guys to come, pushed them yeah. to come, and then it was not working well. It was actually I found it a really difficult time. So I was really mm. pleased when they managed to stump kick. I think. That day you're talking about, James might have had 38 and kicked four goals, six in the two. So <laughs> he, he did. Yeah, I remember he did dominate, actually. Yeah, it was a fair chance he was going to get back in pretty soon. So speaking about culture, so you're involved with leading teams now. You've been involved with them for a few years. Culture for you, you've seen an incredible amounts of environments at different sporting clubs. So we're talking about um, Central, um, St Kilda, North Adelaide, now at the Crows as well, and also organisations that you're working with on a daily basis as well. What sort of insights have you got into some of the interesting things that you've seen, good and bad? Yeah. I still reckon it's fundamentally straightforward philosophies, I reckon, but but or simple, but we, we make it hard work. It, it, and it does and it does take hard work and that's why people don't do it because they want to skip over it. But um, we yeah, again the leading team stuff without throwing too much at you, we've Basically, say culture is the way we do things. It's the behaviours we accept and we and we allow and we reward. Um, so, culture, people, you know, you, you hear the language all the time. Toxic culture is no good. We always ask, "What do you actually mean?" And they often say it's the vibe, it's, but it is that. But when I ask, "What well, we actually?" When you drill down, it's the behaviours that we allow. It's the behaviours we see. And so, again, I, I I'm biased, and I still say that the the start of the central's turnaround came when Alan Stewart jumped on board with. The company founder that I worked for, it, and I was an eighteen-year-old kid at Raymond Clean in '93, and said, "No, we, we're sick of this culture of being front runners, unprofessional, laughing stock to the comp. We're going to change this, and we're going to focus on the culture rather than the, just the mechanics or just the the, the skill level <coughs> game plan." And invested heavily in that space, and that's when we were able to make those first two grand finals, albeit we lost them. Um, and I still say, admittedly, there was some bloody good personnel got together in two thousand, but Jonah was an, an advocate and a disciple of that, and I still say that that cultural piece was really strong in the way we recruited, the way we challenged each other, the way, and then the Gowns will say they are Central's mm. version of leading teams because they do it themselves. <laughs> and there's no doubt yeah. as a leader at that club to have those two, albeit they, they were rough around the edges and that's probably why the co- co- captaincy wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. going to suit them, but having them as offside, as lieutenants to, yeah. to challenge, to drive standards was absolutely outstanding. How, how confronting was that back in the day? Because now everyone knows about leading teams and how it operates and you know, you told me differently but there's a person in the chair and firing questions at him. How confronting was it back then in the 98, 99? Because people would be like, that's just unheard of yeah. is to, is to yeah. be so honest and raw and direct at a, at a player, at your teammate. Well, there's a couple of things. Go, so it's even longer. Go back 92, 93. This is when centres are just no good at all, right? Um, that's when we're playing together, Hills. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That, that'll, that'll come up later. Yeah. I noticed how you both managed to slip, slip that in. You were fitness yeah. coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you used to jump in there as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
and, and the other bit I'll correct you on, which is the misnomer about our that our work that we just throw someone out the front and throw mm-hmm. stones at them. That is the feedback piece is absolutely. So you're right. There's a challenging piece to our work. It's it's certainly um, it's certainly not as brutal as some of the conversations, some of the Jason Ackermanis yeah. of the world want people to believe it. Yeah. But but yeah. what you're saying is absolutely right. We from that camp and the, the ensuing months, we lost people off. It. We people jumped off the bus. And when when a cultural change is happening, you will lose people because they'll see the way the bus is going, they'll see a group of people going in a certain direction, and they say, you know what, I don't reckon I want to be on that. That doesn't make them wrong, but it makes them wrong for that sporting club or that organisation. So, and that'll only happen if a group of people, a strong weight of numbers says, this is the way we're going. And that's and so I was an 18 year old kid, I thought, so you're telling me if I live those behaviours and I have a crack, these people are going to respect me and I'm allowed to speak out. That made sense to me. I thought that's it's very different in a way Certainly Central is the most other footy club. You would never, never mm. speak up. Wouldn't speak up until you played X amount of games. That's right. Um, won BNS, you know, the best, the guy get the most chicks or whatever, the different, the, the cultural <laughs> that, that is spot on. Mm. The most popular guys would, yeah. would, would speak. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the 92 era, I was getting dropped in that. I would never challenge uh, one of the mm. older guys, you know, the better players, never, ever. And so we had some young fellas on that camp challenger and that was... Would have been frowned upon. Luckily, there was enough senior blokes who said, no, no, I'm sick of this and I want to change. There were others who said, I didn't like it. They were there for the money. They were there for the wrong reasons. And and, and Alan Stewart will say he's lucky enough that the, the club supported him and we went down a path and we lost some players who on paper looked like they were going to hurt us losing them. Yeah. But you end up getting a group of people that want to be there for the right reasons. So we didn't change our game plan. We didn't change our personnel as much. We changed the dynamics and the culture and the behaviours that we were allowing and accepting and we owned some of them. So it's an empowerment model. Um, which was real challenging for Alan Stewart because he was he had classic little man syndrome by his own admission, and, and he that was really challenging for him. And I admire the fact that he did it. Again, I bought into that, and 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 we the group bought into it. Roger Gurdon was leader. We had some Craig Potter. We had some really good hard ass leaders who demanded high things, expectations of young fellas like us, um, and we were able to turn it around. And, and then, as I say, when it got to two thousand and that crew, you had the gouge. You had some really good senior players. It, it's interesting, I did a, a, an interview recently and someone found some footage of me speaking after the 2004 Grand Final and basically I'm saying, yeah, I might be the captain, but I, that means I just toss a coin. There's, there's so many other leaders out there and that's when we think culture um, is at its best. When Because we say leadership is everyone's responsibility because all leadership yeah. is is influencing others by your behaviours. Now, who can do that? Anyone. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's interesting, I'm pleased that, I guess it says in 15 years, my philosophies or my, the way I, my beliefs haven't changed that a lot because that's what I was sprouting. Back then and now I happen to work for a company that espouses <laughs> every day. So, yeah. Going into uh, Hills and I caught up after Roy Laird's last game and bumped into him. And the things that Roy Laird was saying was like, if I did, you have pick, to reintroduce yourself because he forgot. You yeah. Were, so after I um, seen him beg to get in too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the person at the door oh, let him in. Yeah, didn't let me in. But to me, Roy Laird's about hard work as a number one thing, and he said to the players at the end, "You need to work harder." But his success. I'll be interested to um, hear what you think about him. But to me, he hard work is number one and all the things that have fallen underneath. 100%. Um, um, absolutely. The other bit about people see Roy as a, quite a strong dictatorial leader, and, and I think over the time it's probably become more Roy-driven because... But when we still got to remember, he came to my place. I was captain. Clarker gets the arse in December because of, well, lots. that's that's another story. But Roy comes, Roy's two's coach, young fellow. I played with him in that 95 grand finals. He's probably only, I don't know, he'd be four or five years old. Mm. He was, what do you think? Should I, you know, Clarker said, like, cause the first thing is, should, should I be jumping into Clarker's shoes? He's a very loyal person, Roy. Clarker told him, don't worry about that. Am I up for it? What do you think? 
Absolutely, Roy. You know, it'll be fine. And he would say by his own admission, he walked into a job, not not only a good list, but some senior players. So our connection, we're all at his wedding at the end of the next year. It was a really strong connection. And he would never see himself as an empowering coach, but I've never felt more empowered as a captain as I was under Mm. under Roy. Now, you can't tell someone they're empowered. They actually have to feel it. Mm. Um, And I think he lost that over the journey because he became older, less connected to the playing group, etc. But during that time, that was the thing I loved most. I loved being captain under him. I, he would ring me on a Sunday. I would feel like I was really heavily invested and involved in what we had. Um, his ability then to reinvent himself, reinvent game plans. His change up, his change up game days was better than anyone. Better than Clark. Like again, Clark was obviously one of the greats of all time. But Roy had him covered. I think on game days, so I was seeing ahead of the game. Yeah. Roy learned a lot of Clark as mm. well. Don't get me mm. wrong. Um, and, and we joke about the twins, but to be able to coach them for as long as they are and keep it fresh and keep them interested mm. and keep them engaged says that he, yeah, mate, he's a, he's a star. And, yeah, hard work. And his challenge now is he doesn't think some of that, without saying, like, oh, Fuddy Daddy, some of the younger crew are as keen on this harder work. There's options to go country for less training, more yeah. money. It, it is a real challenge for the sample in general. A lot of them want to have fun and all that. I think Roy's challenge, he admits it, is he doesn't bring that fun. He needed more assistance around him, but we're going to do that piece. You can still have the hard work and have that. Um, he found that challenging, I reckon, towards the end, by his own admission. Boys, we're going to talk about grand finals, and we've got a great person here to talk about grand finals. It, you're right, Baz, it is Christmas week, really, isn't it? For it gro- is it it's grown-ups for Christmas. Especially when we're having a party around this time. Uh, the Giants <laughs> and the Tigers should be a cracking game. What are you expecting, boys? Well, ask the grand, the man that's played all the, in the grand finals himself. What do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm probably the wrong man to ask because I have lost. I, I I'm not as connected to the AFL as I once was, especially since um, you know, losing interest in a bit after working with some of the, doing some of the work with the Crows. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I am pretty predictable. I I think the Richmond will Richmond yeah. will do it Keep easily, strong. but. Um, yeah, how, how, yeah. How do you know? But I, yeah, I think it's exciting. Oh, with you a bit, the traditional game, Richmond Collingwood would have been great. I guess it's great for the AFL that the, the other mob are in it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm just excited to be finally sitting on a couch watching it with not around 30 or 40 people around, and I won't remember any of it. That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, g- guess who's... <laughs> do you want to come over? <laughs> I've been trying to get an invite somewhere, so I've got to <laughs> no, I actually got excited because I heard Mike, Mike Brady interviewed last night. It's the 40th anniversary of him doing that. And that's still yeah. my favourite bit about Grand Final Day is hearing yeah. Mike Brady do walks in. Into, uh, walks yeah, out, but the hands on the back of the yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, He's a star. Yeah. So we you close to getting selected for the 97 Grand Final, St. Um, Kilda and the Crows. Well, can we just, just go back a bit? Because the fact that he got drafted number six yeah. is, is amazing. How did you feel when you got drafted number six? Was it televised? Did you have all your mates around you? We were at the Hamley Bridge were Hotel. You, were you uh, working? It's a, it's not a, it's not amazing. It's a source of embarrassment. <laughs> when you if you want to Google, and I can't believe you blokes didn't do this. No, worst didn't. worst number six in history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the worst ever St Kilda side. So there's some. I you have thrown at me oh, really? boys. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So. But I can tell you, I sat in my unit with Michael Wakeland, who I was very good mates with at the time. Um, he had a he had an outstanding. He won a BNF at Centrals that year. It was a grand final year '95. We lost to Port. He played back all year and then went forward half of the year and kicked 50 goals. He was just a superstar. Um, so and and I knew there was I knew St Kilda wanted to draft me. Whether um, others snuck in, but you never know when you hear all these stories about people. I I knew that I was going to go re- reasonably high from the conversations or yeah high um and mickey was hopeful his brothers were there 
Uh, and so it was bloody hard because I did go early and there was that excitement and the draft yeah. lingered on and Mickey went left empty-handed. So that was, and then Channel Ten rolled up to do an interview and it was bloody awkward. So to mm. be honest, I'm a bit mixed mixed emotions uh, of that sitting with him. And he I, did get drafted eventually. He didn't. No, no. never, no, yeah. never. Which yeah, I reckon it's shattering. But mm. um, so yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah, it was an interesting time leading up to it. Um, had some mates play some fun games. So Fitzroy <laughs> had two picks. I wasn't real keen to go to Fitzroy. Richard Barr? He might have gone a couple of years earlier. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Bamford. So Bamford, Bamford, Bamford. Richard Barr, who we played with, big, yeah. used to punch all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he went a couple of years ago. But, yeah. the, but I was living with my sister, and she left a message one day that someone from Fitzroy Footy Club had rang me. And I, so I went, so Alan Stewart had finished coaching the centre before this day, it was the end of the year. He was sort of helping me and he got me onto a lawyer, a manager. And we, I rang them and said, Fitzroy, I've rung, don't really want to go. You know, you can't really tell people what you mm. sort of want to. What are we going to do? And we're strategising about it. Anyway, it turns out two days later that Rick McGowan owns up that it was Rick, <laughs> it was Rick McGowan that had rung. So uh, that was quite funny. But there was certainly a, an aversion to going to people like Fitzroy. I mean, not that St Kilda were exactly top of the pops right then either and they had no money. And um, the other... I've told this story recently, and I think I'm allowed to tell it now. Um, during that year, we I had Port Adelaide come and meet with me. So Port Adelaide at that stage had been given the licence, oh, but they cool. hadn't been given a time frame. Like this is '95. It sounded like there was going, it was going to be '97, but which is in yeah. mm-hmm. but it hadn't been guaranteed. Bucky Cunningham came out and offered me. Um, he offered me twenty grand to play for the for the Centrals in the Sample in '96. So that, I was getting four at the time from Central. So yeah. He offered me twenty to play against his team. Yeah, and then he offered me a three-year AFL deal. Um, the lawyer that I had engaged, he said, "Well, you won't be getting this money. You won't get this money for and the AFL, which I could have put. You can put a price on your head back then, which yeah. but I didn't because then mm. I played one game in the first year. <laughs> 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 um, but and I said no. I was twenty-one. As you said before, mm. I wasn't eighteen like these others. I was twenty-one. Yeah. I thought I've got to get to Mel. I want to get. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to get to Melbourne. Um, so sometimes I think about sliding doors and what would happen. I'm really glad I didn't. I had four brilliant years. I lived with Michael Wakeman's brothers, Daryl and Shane, which was an experience in itself. That's another. That's another story. They got together. some good stories, haven't they? Did Maybe. You, yeah. did you go to uh, the tunnel with your dog. Uh, never, never been to the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Professional. <laughs> but, but no. So that was that was really interesting to have that. And, and I actually ran into Tom Carr the other day from Port Adelaide, and he was he oh. said he. So he took the Brian Cunningham deal? He took the Brian. He was yeah. like younger. There was a few yeah. others. There was a couple from Port that were, that, that were sorry, from Centrals that they talked to. Um, they obviously didn't end up offering to him. But yeah, so I, so that was the story. So the, But no, the draft was super excited. I, again, 21. I'd lived at home for three years. It wasn't like I was a mm. kid going over there as a homesick. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, I fantastic it. experience. Yeah. But you did touch on it before a few minutes ago about a, the bad side of AFL saying worst team ever. Um, that's, that's that's not great about being in the public spotlight, or did that affect you at all? Or nah, did... And that was that's post that at the time nothing like what these. When you see Mitch Mars do that press conference the other night and say, yeah. "I know half Australia hates me," that's just mm. really sad. That is sad. You know what? As soon as he said that, we talked about this mm. the other week. As soon as he said that, we're like, oh, "How mm. bad are we yeah. as Australians?" Jules yeah. would have known that if you listened to us a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good call. Actually. That's why I brought it up. Um, he. Yeah, and and we're all guilty of it, I reckon. But Ooh, um, and yeah. the Twitter, like the Twitter sphere and all that, is just mm, shocking. Yeah. That, like the, for people, just just some Hang people here, absolutely. Yeah, and, and if they got to know, I mean, I think anyone who's ever said anything negative about him would would have felt guilty at that moment because mm, no apparently doubt. he's a ripping guy. He doesn't yeah. pick himself. It's not his. Yeah. So, but I didn't. We didn't have that back then as much. 
But you just it's still would have made you feel not great uh, seeing that, or you just laugh at it. Oh, that that was post. Yeah, laugh mm. at. It. I mean, the point is, you probably if you if you're that bad, you're not knowing even to put in the tape. So if you want to, <laughs> if you, I like yeah. that logic. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's yeah. why. That's why I hope to do But. Um, the, probably the big thing is you go there as a high draft pick and you didn't I, I didn't live up to expect you know mm. we joke about it before but four years and 30 odd games as a pick six you, that was disappointing it wasn't an overly strong draft you'd name some of the you know, if you could say that but Boomer Harvey was at pick 37 oh, he was like right that. down the end wasn't he yeah well yeah. Mid, anyway and he mm. played a few games Barry Hall was a fair way down the track from. but it would have been great to be I mean Robert Harvey was your teammate you know like you, you would have had some fantastic Barry Hall you know oh, the, out, the outside is it was as good as like it was a reasonable era. I mean, the fact they recruited me as a winger and they had Aussie on one wing and mm-hmm. cousin Nicky Wimmer on the other, then they said they needed a winger. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, they let me go. Yeah. So Wimmer, Burke, Lowe, Harvey, Everett. That would have been fantastic too when you yeah. first got there. Yeah. Uh, it was, Foley was there first No, year. I just missed him. So he was 95 yeah. and I was in 96. It was, it was, a, it was, so it was a really strong era for St Kilda and mm. I, I loved it. Um, was I close to getting yeah. that grand final game? We'll go back to that. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, of course, I was. Yeah. I should have been captain. Yeah. But, um, played 15 games. So I played 15, got dropped about round 18 when I didn't get a touch. I got donuts one day against um, Frio. Um, we'd smashed North Melbourne in the prelim. Smashed them. We were all out for two days drinking, excited about the prelim. Prelim. A couple of Justin Peckett, we might challenge him, but he might have been out five nights that week. But he, he <laughs> disputes he, he, our leading team. Yeah, he, he disputes yeah. that greatly. Um, yeah. He says it's definitely only four. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you think unchanged, no worries. Mm. But then Whisper got around that Matthew Young, the redheaded, um, yeah. redheaded halfback, was going to get dropped, and I thought, okay. Well, you know, I've been one who said I'm, you know, come off the bench, can do a few things. I'm, I'm a sneaky chance mm. here, and I had Shane Wakeman in my house as well, who was sort of similar. And then they end up going for the great Robbie Neal, who hadn't played since round two. So it's a crazy. massive, massive mm. call. Yeah. So you, so we trundle home, Daryl, Shane and myself, Daryl's playing, us two have got the shits on the world. There's about yeah. 15 Wakelands and families coming yeah. over to stay mm. in our house. Mm. I just want to stay in my bedroom for the next three. Like, yeah. So that we was really to. challenging to get up and support Daryl and not let that, you know, let that affect yeah. us. Um, yeah. But so, so, so emergency had to take the gear, Shane, and I were emergency so close. Well, not reasonably, mm. I'd say, but yeah. You didn't have any uh, pre-match uh, um, uh, warm-up to where Jamie Shanahan, did you, about Stan and Jamie? No, if it was anyone, it might be the, to the coach to suggest when um, when someone <laughs> a bit more nimble and fleet-footed goes there. <laughs> Given that Jack Daniels held him touchless in the midfield, it might pay yeah. to yeah. Um, put Jack on him. That would yeah. be perhaps what I might say there. Stan House as a coach? Yeah. Um, how was Stan? Uh, Stan needs to get a lot of credit, and I probably only saw this post-career. I saw some of his outbursts and thought that was frustrating. He was way ahead of his time in a lot of stuff we did, a lot of um, game plan stuff, a lot of um, the fact that... Sorry, I, did I mention before that when I turned up to St Kilda, Ray McLean, the fellow that helped us mm, at Centrals, yeah. he was St Kilda was the first club that engaged him. So Brilliant. Yeah. stuff like that, Stan had opened himself up to more than... Like, he was very progressive in a lot of areas. Um, he got on the wrong side of the board. He, he was pushing that, you know, there's certain people in the club that were high profile that perhaps weren't on the bus that we were talking about. He wanted to move them on and that didn't suit the board. So he, he was sort of dead man walking, probably middle of, even possibly. You know, Incredible 90, though, because he was finishing right at the top. Yeah. He was still dead man walking. 97 mm-hmm. lost at 98. <clears throat> we did lose straight sets finals, but yeah, we, so yeah, it's been a reasonably solid era for the Saints, mm. yeah. Mm. And then who came in after that? So Tim Watson came in for a year. That was my last year. Tim. Um, How was Tim? Tim Tim was 
Tim was great in the preseason. He had some great quotes. He was a good person, you know. But but he had cut like it was you know. respect him. Like you know, he's a mm. massive mm. figurehead coming in to coach you. But he just never cut. Co- he never coached. Yeah. And <laughs> it started to show pretty. Yeah. I still remember the footage of Tim Watson sitting all the players down to take a written test, and some of them look like they haven't held pen and paper for a couple of years since school time. Yeah. Were you involved in that? Who, no, he's a former school teacher. Yeah, I know. That might have been why I was in the good books early, because I got to pass the test and he saw me play footy, and that was when mm. things, got, <laughs> things went south, I reckon. But, but you had a good second and third year at St Kilda, 15 games each yeah. year. Yeah, and the second of that year, 98. I, that's when my first my hamstring started to give way at a okay. tender age of 24. Um, <laughs> that so I played 15 and then did my hammy and then tried to tried to get back and did it again. And, and so when the finals came, I was ready to go, but there was going to be a risk playing a guy. Yeah. And I'd been out for six or eight, so that was a solid year. Yeah, so it was looking like I thought the trajectory was looking. And so in hindsight, I need to stand to say because he was actually pretty, yeah, pretty advocate. solid advocate. Yeah, and yeah. Tim in the end for whatever reason didn't want to play me, and yeah, the rest is history. Coming into grand finals, so all those grand finals that you played in a row at Centrals, what was your mindset leading into it? Like, how much confidence did you go into each one, or was it still nervousness, not knowing what was ahead? No, but uh, confidence, not that you're going to win, confidence that you knew what you were doing in, in, later on, but absolute nervousness, anxious, so exciting. We did get a bit cocky along the way, and we didn't plan any <laughs> prelims along the way. Like, we did love the idea of second semi, and I always probably push the envelope around the drinking as a leader and didn't always, Clarko didn't always love that, but we always would get together on AFL Grand Final Day, which was, which was the week before. That's right, sample, yep. And it was prelim final week, which oh, we yeah. just happened to miss every time. Early days, 2001, no, nah, we're having a few here, boys. Everyone's, we're not going out tonight. Now, the 2002, I still say stupidly, this is why we lost it, because some boys decided stir, 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 yeah. to go to the happy. And I said, right, that's, that, and of course I didn't know at the time, but I said, well, we always said don't do that. It gives people ammo. People see it. So people see it. Yeah. Now, of course, it doesn't necessarily relate to the game day, but that was the one we lost by 2005, 2006. We were rolling up to the Saturday, and people were pulling out names for sculling games and all sorts. So we we lost it by the end. It was mm. we got probably well, not probably got unprofessional, but we kept that in at someone's house. You know, so we had great grand final day. So that was our pre- that was our yeah. prayer yeah. for yeah. it. So we still won We won it. That yeah. might have been the only confidence bit. Um, yeah. That's not necessarily something you're necessarily proud of, but what you did do is turn up Monday night. So the bit that, and this is probably with the great man Mark Harris's um, direction, the bit that we did do, and it was a bit of superstition from Roy, we, we still trained. I remember Glenelg watching us train one year. This is, um, might have even been after I finished and hearing, they, they were blind, like they'd come onto Amy Stadium after we'd train on the, on the main night, and they'd blown away that we'd still be doing a one car or some, mm. some, some yeah, legitimate yeah. running on that Wednesday night before grand final, and every other club's just, Basically, just easy on absolutely, mm, yeah. and that was in the end. Roy just couldn't let that up because it was something that had worked for us, so we just kept doing it. So um, there was that hard work. One one of the years, fifteen years ago. In fact, she's she's got her birthday Sunday. Fifteen years ago, I had my first daughter born on the Wednesday of the Wednesday of the Grand Final week. So that was a bit of a unique week. <laughs> um, I'd been out all year with injury. I'd only played three or four games. Roy punted on me in the second semi. I was okay without being great, and then. Um, had Eliza on the Wednesday and didn't sleep all Wednesday. So went to training with no sleep and I was obviously on a high and, and we smashed the Eagles and the granny and I managed to get on the end of a few. So that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did you kick? I, I can't remember. I do know that Roy was trying to get me to Jack Odie because he put me to full forward in the last and there was a certain mm-hmm. Daniel Shelley who stood in front of me yes. for the last quarter and kicked about three when they should have been mine. So, <laughs> but, but I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> 
no, we were very lucky because you did get in a routine. We loved the idea of winning, so you got you, so you could have that first week to get all the tickets and all the stuff. Because there's a lot of um, yeah. a lot of families and that want to know want to know about tickets. And I reckon when you win that first second semi, you have the first week to sort all that stuff out, and then you then the next week yeah. it's just focused. So I reckon there's a real advantage in doing it over and over and knowing your shit, you know. So um, Daniel Holm. How much of an impact did he have? So he started, I think it was 97 or 98. Um, how much of an impact did he have? You talked about culture and you talked about changing culture. To me, he was someone who, I actually remember in one of the um, best and fairest at the end of 98, he actually stood up in front of everyone. He had tears in his eyes. I was there at the front row and talked about how he just wouldn't accept mediocrity anymore. And I still remember that speech. How much did he change the culture of Central District's footy club? Yeah, his passion was certainly really strong. I think obviously what helped him is, you know, getting because you know he'd had a couple of years where it was still only just going. I think what helped him is getting some some of the troops in in, in two thousand. Um, we all rolled in. I didn't know him really. I didn't know him from Bar of Soap, right? And, and um, he was a different unit. He was pretty hard. He, he tried to run through. Now you find it hard to believe. I actually had my head over the ball at one training night, and he actually ran through me. And I, so that sort of stuff didn't mm. sit that well with me. But it was his passion, and and that's that's how it was. It was him trying to set standards around the place, and probably wasn't. I didn't get the greatest. I probably didn't have a great relationship with him, or you had huge respect for what you're saying. But it was until the footy trip that year that we really connected. And yeah. So this is really sad because probably a month later. No, sorry, it was the March next year. It was probably mm. not to the March next year. We, mm. we knew he was retiring, so that bit was happening. But obviously, then we lost him, and that, and so that was yeah, it was hard. It was someone who different, but the passion was clear. Mm. And you know, obviously, he connected really well with the, with the supporters and the speech he made after the two thousand grand mm. final. Is, is we heard ironic. that. We heard that recently, and it just sent the shivers down you yeah. hearing that speech. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, he, and, and he wrote a letter to the yeah. He he connected like there's a guy who's not born and bred like some of, some of us are, mm. and he really came over and connected really strongly. So yeah, pretty special, pretty special person in the history of the club. Well, what effect did his um, passing have? on the group going forward into 2001 and you obviously took over, over the captaincy from him in that year. Yeah, I, I guess, I don't want to sound, um, he, he, he'd already, so he'd left, so it wasn't yeah. that his passing didn't, wasn't the reason he didn't play. Like we already knew that yeah. it was someone was already going to be he was ca- captain. Yeah. Um, yep. So I don't want to admit, but, and obviously it was on the eve of our first trial the next year, I reckon. Um, well, we old enough to appreciate well and I guess it was just that language so Clarko took over Clarko's great at making you know he played some music and talked to us about you know, making the most of our life but it was we, we found it really hard to understand we were 25 but yeah. I still don't you know we didn't pick you know it's becoming sadly a lot more common 20 years mm. later and we now hear and see it and we, we're trying to get our head around it all mm. but mm. back then it didn't make a lot of sense to us to be honest so mm. I did it I'm not sure it drive us any harder to win or to be to be yeah. really honest I think we were probably all a bit confused about it all to be honest okay. um, yeah um, obviously uh, 2002 lost against Sturt then 3-4-5 finished off before you retired how did you know that 2005 was your last year before you went into retirement um, apart from the hamstrings, hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> well and I pride myself on hand injury pretty well, but there was one day in 05 and I did it again and I just left training, which is not, I was really shattered with myself because I just didn't want to be around people because I knew I wasn't, and that was very unlike me. And I remember I said, I reckon I'm going to quit. And he just didn't really take me seriously and said, don't be stupid. And of course, what I kept doing was trying to come back too early, too early, too early. They'd all say 14, 21 days, which if I can put any advice to anyone is it's absolute bullshit no one ever gets back in 21 days and in the end because finals you just end up just give yourself a longer prolonged period break 
Roy trust me to come back. But in the end, the last two years, it was it was embarrassing. I was sh- like shattered for myself. Yeah, you're not playing games. You know you're up reasonable level if you can get on the park. But if you want to be Matt Craig one day, someone like Matt Craig, a couple of final series in a row, just tap on the shoulder. Oh, sorry, he was just coming back in. You're out. Yeah, now, I don't necessarily, I feel like I was still going to contribute and be in the best team. But in the end, it was doing my head in. It was embarrassing. It was pride. It was all that. It was body Tom. was saying, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I got orthotics middle to late 2005, and I probably should have done that earlier because I think they probably helped me. Um, yeah. But I, I wasn't one that left and regretted or the next year thought she should have been playing. Uh, occasionally at finals time you smell the grass and think we're going to be out there. But I, yeah. I, I was pretty comfortable. I, I mean, the run we'd had was, was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if it factored in. I knew, I knew that the four or five others that were probably calling it then and I felt like that was my core group. And, and I big, saw there was, a, there was Marco Bello, Heath Hopwood, yourself, I think it was because uh, Simon Arnott, yep, Tyson Hay, who all sort of retired at yep. about the same time. Who won that five, and then there's another group. There's Richie Cochran who won six, and then even Sivanala who won seven, seven, and then there's Chris Slade. and James Gowans who won nine, uh, nine with Matt Slade. Yep. So um, it's an incredible group of players, and <laughs> I think there's also some players there that well, Richie Cochran's a classic example. Who mm. just to me, he just played his role. Yeah, like he wasn't a superstar by any means, but just worked super hard and just would play his role. He knew exactly what to do and you know that Roy could rely on yeah. him and he ended up playing in six premierships. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, when I've got a photo on my wall of, and the gown's still soup, why aren't we in that photo? I try and explain to him because it's the five <laughs> that finished that year. <laughs> Hazy, me, Hoppy, Bickies and Marco. Yeah. And we didn't had an order announced at them but there was sort of, they were certainly pretty good. I knew they mm. were earlier and I told Roy a couple of days later that um, I wasn't going to play anymore. Um, we thought with those five leaving the club, like, they're done with us. Mm. So we were shattered when they just kept winning players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we weren't so important anymore. Yeah. Richie's, oh, I reckon you're selling a bit short, and I reckon a lot of people do. Richie yeah. is a is a dead set. He is one of the, he's a bloody talent, and he's, yeah, we love him to death. He did play his role, absolutely, mm. but he was better than just a role player. He was a bloody yeah. star. Yeah. Um, we do this thing here, it's called Would You Rather. So we offer a couple of options and we're keen to hear your thoughts here. I think Face has prepared some as well. Now, Would You Rather, the big mummy at grand final day, line up Dusty Martin, a bit like Mark Yates and Zen McGrath oh. back in 89. Would you rather see him run through Dusty Martin at the opening bounce? Yeah. Or would you rather nothing happen and see Dusty Martin slot a couple of goals well, throughout the game? Although that I've got $20 on the sports bet, $8 for one, <laughs> for Dusty to win the Norm Smith. You did that a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? I did it a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. I, would, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't see that anymore because yeah. Mummy's gone after this. This is his mm, last, last game. game. Yeah. I would love to see that. You asking me or him? It's not just about you, Hills. Yeah, no, so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd fake because I haven't yeah. listened to him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> um, Fair enough. What do you think? No, I'll let everyone else <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go the knuckle. I reckon that yeah. um, my good mate Daryl Wakeman's involved in one of the most infamous. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's proved that he'll never get into boxing after. <laughs> yeah. With Lynch being in his last. Oh, he's a good duck. He's a good duck. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be, be good to see, wouldn't it? Spice him yeah. up a little bit. I think it's, that's a great yeah. part of the spectacle. It's a grand final. It's all or nothing. Um, it's just like what will happen, what will they do with Whitfield this week? Will they go and try and pressure mm. him? 
you know, give him a few tummy taps to see what happens and how he responds. I think everyone's going to be watching Mummy at the start, I reckon. He, he's going to be bullocking his way through. No yeah. my, my early, sorry, my earlier memories of watching VFL Grand Finals is 83, 84. It was, I think, about then, eight, Essendon Hawthorne. Yeah. Some of those, it actually, you're only nine or ten, you're actually quite scared watching yeah. some of those oh, blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, big, yeah. Oh, and then just 20 ones. people, aren't you? Yeah. Matthew yeah. Nagel and... Vanderhaar and these guys, they're crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure we're going to get back to that. No. Marlon Pickett's going to make his AFL debut this weekend in Amazing. the grand final. So, if you could only play one <laughs> AFL grand final, would you rather play it in your first game or your last game? Uh, you're probably your last, I'd say, because I'm not sure you appreciate it on your first. Do you, do you agree, Hills? So, if, if it's your first, you're saying you guarantee you're never going to play in another one? Yeah, so, so if you've only got know. one... Yeah, I'm going to yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you Almost like the, the Shane Crawford versus the Marlon Pickett. That's right. You you probably appreciate it more. Yeah. But it, what a story though. If he if he gets a medal, it's incredible in his first that, game. And you owe me twenty bucks. No, you, you said a star. <laughs> <laughs> if he wins a North Smith, that's yeah, a star. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a uh, when the mid season draft was on, Crow's passed at pick twelve, and then Richmond picked up picket at pick 13 i said watch this baz he'll be a star he goes i'll get you 20 bucks like, all right you're on should have made it 100. you needed to perhaps be a bit tighter on the parameters around star yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. or a premiership player in your first game yeah, there we go but often um there is a story around grand finals is either someone there's a ticket 93 or even when they make the hard calls or in this case yeah. if, um i reckon ben hart 91 for north adelaide played was real young played in his first years i i reckon there's a bit in that so mm. yeah it's exciting yeah thanks Oh, so my would you rather? There's been a bit on um, Geelong's dress up Wacky Wednesday that they had this year, and obviously he, he dressed up as Kane Corns. Would you prefer the career of Kane Corns or Patrick Dangerfield? Three hundred games for Kane Corns, one premiership, or Patrick Dangerfield? This is a, this is one of your best would you rather. Two forty two games, one Brownlow. This is one of your best would you rather's, and thank you because Bats. we've got the, the the man here who's won all these premierships and. Obviously, the lower league, but I've won three myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've won two, just to say, just yeah, some achievements. It's still, still the same feeling once the siren goes, right? The premiership win versus the individual glory and that career, because Patrick Dainfield will do anything for a premiership win, but Kane Corns would probably rut, wouldn't mind those brown lows. Oh, he's a pretty sort of self Someone compared. Guy on Twitter today, Marlon Pickett versus Patrick Dangerfield. <laughs> Haven't you played in the AFL Grand Final? <laughs> I don't know. What would you rather? I mean, would you rather the premiership? Do you know what? It actually line? really annoys me that everyone's saying, how come, you know, Patrick Dangerfield's running out of time to play at AFL Grand Final? I'm getting a bit annoyed by it because there's so many other people. Like, we talked yeah, about uh, people who deserve, like, who work so hard to play in Grand Finals. Just because he's the most talented doesn't mean he's the most deserving. So I think there's plenty of other people. It's probably because of the shift. He, he well, answer the question to... though. What would you rather? Would you rather be that was, a Doug, Corns, that was a Doug Hawkins ask. Yeah. Answer the I'll question. I'll probably rather Patrick Dangerfield. He's a bit of a superstar, and uh, <laughs> but he hasn't but, a Premiership. Well, when, you, you when, you, when you first talked about it, though, it's like oh, it's easy. But actually, there's only sixty games. You go different to the moment. There's a Premiership. Yeah. Hills? Well, I'm glad I um, stumped I'm going to go yeah. from a slightly different angle. I reckon you win premierships to be able to share with your mates. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be controversial and wonder how much time Kane is spending celebrating his Oh, oh that's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. Well, actually, you got an insight to that. I've got an insight to that because uh, Roger, coach Barossa, 
and he said that he, he wouldn't like spend any time at all with, with Kane. That's a great call. Uh, very so good very interesting. I'll go, with, I'll go with Danger. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather grand final? So this is for, actually from 7 AFL, something they've actually posted good. Uh, you have won the grand final. Heels, your experience. Baz, your experience. Baz, uh, faces experience. Yeah. Funky Bella. Oh, no, no. You're, you're oh, a fitness coach, mate. Hey, that's absolutely pivotal part. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Sorry, I shouldn't forget that. Would you rather, so you've won the grand final, but as a player, would you rather kick the goal after the siren to win the game or win the Norm Smith? You've won regardless. I'll keep the goal after the siren. Keep the goal, absolutely. Yeah. You get, oh, that's I, folklore. I think yeah, you're no one's going to me- remember the Norm Smith medal. Agree. Yeah. Everyone's going to say, you're the bloke, kick the goal after the Like Daniel Healy going down to the goal square to kick free uh, at <laughs> the end, and Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Shill logs up. I've actually got one for Hills. Would you have rather have preferred to play football in the early 2000s like you did, or play in the current day? Still have your same success. Nice question, folks. Win five premierships, four as captain, but would you have rather played today, or... Uh, 20 years ago. If you're doing, if you talk from my level, which is Sample, which if you're using those, then I'm saying absolutely where we were. The Sample, yeah. sadly, is without saying like an old fuddy though, the Sample has dropped considerably away. Um, so 100% the way we Do you think that it has dropped away in terms of um, standard? Because the people are saying that the Port and the Crows have lifted that up. You, you think that the standard has dropped? Is anyone really saying that? I, again, I do say I'd say our 05, that 05 side um, to 2010 side would have been 20 goal better. There'd be plenty of people who would have agreed yeah, right. on that. Yeah. 20 goals too much, 10 goal better. Mm. Go another 10 years. Yeah, um, yes, 100%. So that was the best Centrals team? Well, actually, to be honest, Oregon 2002 was the one that yeah. came the flag. We yeah. lost two games for the year and yeah. faced the same team three times in six weeks and they got us on the third, yeah. third go. Blame the lot for that. Yeah, exactly. They have and um, Toby Thurston's and Barnaby French were pretty handy. Oh, they, they were outstanding, well. weren't yeah, they? And yeah. he got some injuries, I think, to Hicks Damien Hicks. They had the wind early on. They kicked big they first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, been absolutely brilliant today. Uh, thoughts on this week, Baz? Uh, I think Richmond will win easy. But I just I hope for a close game, but I think they'll win easy. I think that the Giants have played their game last week. What do you got, Face? I think I'm tipping Richmond. But if Giants are able to close the game, make it contested, like they did last week against Collingwood. Need some rain. Yeah, they're very good in the rain. Uh, it's yeah. 14 degrees, I think, and cloudy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. They have been good in the rain, except for that one. You were very critical of them, <laughs> yeah, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Here's what you say. You've got Richmond. Sorry, I'm saying exactly the same as you blokes. Yeah. I've always... I can never tip it. It, and the underdog seems to come up in the last couple of years. Well, I'm not sharing my bets with you this if, weekend. Mm. <laughs> you know what I am thinking, though, boys, is that when the Crows, and I went over to the Crows uh, grand final, did you know here was that I had Crows 92 number plates? <laughs> Why are we talking about the games we play together? Is that well, not coming up? We've got to do an yeah. addition too, do we? Or... Yeah, well, that, they must be memorable for you, those, those oh. games. Remember the night out in town when I spewed all over Jeremy Shrubble's car. I do. Oh, remember. you <laughs> talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to, went to so we, we went to town and uh, went well, to Jeremy Shrubble's car. Kick <laughs> and then we had to drive home in the spew-ridden car. <laughs> but um, anyway, what I was saying was that um, in '97 we went to Richmond and we were the overwhelming favourites. Seventeen. In seventeen, yeah. and the overwhelming favourites we were, and then to lose that game was just horrific feeling being a Crows person. Yeah. Richmond could have the same feeling this week. Hearing that giant song, bah, 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 you know, <laughs> hearing that song with the underdog winning, it would be 
the sure as hell they won't be doing a camp. Well, if, if they lose this grand final, they've got everything going for them, don't they? You know, the yeah. Richmond do. So really, they have got the most. We say most to lose, but the Giants are the massive underdog. But they've been they? an underdog actually every week. Mm. Not many people tip them against the Western Bulldogs yeah, in their so home the game against Brisbane. The Saints '97 side that was us. We had yeah, we had the, the the state of Victoria, but but you couldn't, they will come bagging for you. They don't bag passionately, right? No. So, mm. they, so yeah, so we were the same that year. I reckon, and so yeah. you're right about the crowd. Still remember St Kilda theme song in '97 when we were there at the gym. Oh, man, was that was just Wouldn't enormous. We were yeah. scared little SA boys listening to that. Yeah, can't let Daniel Healy go without um, of a small insight in the last minute or so. Uh, in the we're we're not no, 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 no rush. I'm oh yeah, yeah, cool, very good. Um, so Daniel Healy's been sitting on the bench for um, the Crows for the last three years as part of leading teams. What insight have you got from there? The Crows look to be in an awkward spot. What do they need to do to get better? Uh, yeah, so just to clarify, so that role is, um, the, the bench bit is really just an observation piece. So when you're working with the, the leaders and the coaches around trying to improve that dynamic and, and the culture and, and, and the leadership capability, it's just good to be able to observe it. So you go to a meeting on Monday and review it and you've actually seen it firsthand. So that, so yeah, not surprisingly, I'm not offering any coaching tips. I'm glad that we didn't talk about my coaching tips. <laughs> so thank you for that, boys. Um, um, so our, our engagement is, to, again, to try and work on that dynamic, to, to push people around building strong, trusting relationships to set a, a, an agreed set of standards like we did at Centrals all that years ago. and then for the players and the coaches, but the empowerment model where the players and leaders drive the shit out of those behaviours. Yeah. Um, and um, I think we were going a fair way towards that in 2017. There's some things that have happened along the way and some paths that the club's taken in, in an absolute um, legitimate um, in the best interest at what, what the time, what they thought was to try and get them to that the, the next goal. You know, we, we left 2017 grand final. We said, okay, we've got to put them under pressure. We've got to put them under pressure to take them out of their comfort zone. The method that was used to do that, as it turns out, perhaps wasn't the best. Was that, was that, that the camp? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Ones, yeah. And, and, and so that was, then there's been fallout from that. I guess part of the, my role is, which clearly I've been ineffective and haven't been able to influence as much as I would like, is to get them to have conversations about this stuff and to, to make sure that we're, we call them genuine conversations, to make sure that we help maximise our Man conversations and, uh, as Phil uh, as Walsh used to call them. Exactly. People will they'll be tough, courageous, fierce, there's all sorts of language. We just call them genuine because we reckon it, it, it's, it's what they are. And as soon as you call them tough, courageous, hard, people want to avoid them. So yeah. it's a bit of the self-talk. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately along the way we haven't been able to always nail that and it's meant there's been some unrest along the way and and then and then throw some injuries in last year and you know things looked like they were on their way back but unfortunately under pressure some of the, some of the, yeah it, it's there's a, there's a lot of layers to it um yeah it's far from perfect um, did I, you did you go on the camp or were you there i i was on part of the, i wasn't one of the challenges of the camp is the, the group was split into into three different groups, which again, in trying to bring a group together, perhaps again, the, the methodology was, was flawed. So I didn't, wasn't on part of the camp that was perhaps most challenged and most yeah. talked about. Um, yeah. The idea that people were 
held naked for 24 hours and <laughs> the, the Richmond theme song was played on a camp and we ended up at Ayers Rock. There were some really good stories come out of it. Yeah. But, but yeah, there was, they were most of them a fair way up the bar. You weren't leading the blindfold game then. No. <laughs> was, uh, no. I, just wanted, I was just wanted to do what we used to do on mm. camps and drink beer and no one would want to do that. Yeah. With <laughs> who is good at the Crows leading those genuine conversations that you talked about? Who yeah. are the leading players that you see? Yeah, um, the, the ones you'd expect. Mm. Um, Tex and Sloney were, you know, they are so they are so passionate. Those guys, um, mm. they, they're really good. Um, Tommy, Tom Lynch, Matt Crouch is a developing leader. Um, some of the Rory Atkins and some of the younger crew are coming mm. through. Um, Luke Brown, we go. Tom Duda, Tom Duda is is an absolute star of a person. Just yeah, happens yeah. to be a star of a player as well. But he yeah. he gets it. He's he's fantastic. So there is some great people still there that they've obviously got some work to do. You feel for Don because you know moving Don on or Don moving on isn't necessarily the, the um, panacea or the answer there's mm. there's some more work to be done internally to, to to improve what's happened but um i think in the end he just decided that he was worn out and it was, it was too big a mountain climb which is testimony to what a quality guy is he's good at self-reflecting and yeah. and you talked about almost like the love of the game and i guess the pressure from that external voice about what's going wrong and blame it must be so consuming for people that we talked about before about people being involved in sport um the one i feel for most he's not perfect i obviously i'm biased i've had a lot of time from his text and, and the vitriol that came that's come from him over the last couple of years Riffing. from from, yeah, from, from victoria especially i just i don't really get it i don't understand i know he puts himself out and he's a bit of a larrikin which i thought is what the media all kept crying for and then this guy does it I, yeah. i've still found it really and he, he it started with him getting mocked about the 2017 speech which number one i don't know why opposition captains should he made the speech on grand final day around it's dumb i didn't see it. he just spoke from the heart didn't have much to say because he was shattered and i reckon that's where it started and they've just gone at him for a, a couple of years and he he would just have walked away now just feeling like oh, that's too hard mm-hmm. and, and the, the pressure that's on him especially in adelaide there is a reason why some of these guys will leave adelaide we, mm-hmm. we do make a bloody hard person a bit the same i reckon i love our town i love it you know, we love our sport but geez it's um i, I know i coached briefly at North Adelaide and mm. when I was under the pump there'd be a little article in the bottom corner of the paper and I would feel um, physically sick at the at the pre- at that and when I see what these guys are going through and now what they're going through on social media it's bloody scary and you can see why the mental health issues I know we all sit there and say what a what a great life but geez we make it hard for them, I reckon mm. be great to just enjoy the it's a cracking game and just for people to actually enjoy it and for people to enjoy it and it almost needs to be like a correction with social media doesn't like because we there's saw no the going fun back there's no going back with, with the social media today we saw the fun of the giants song and everyone <laughs> enjoying it and putting all their uh, film clips to it and then there's that downside what you talked about with taylor walker and don pike and you know coaching in north adelaide and those type of things that um you know just lose enjoyment for it it puts it in perspective my sister I'm lucky enough to have travelled um, to watch some cricket uh, during the Ashes, and my sister lives in Ireland, and I go there, and I love. I, I've got Irish heritage, and I love. It's the only other place in the world I would live, despite um, the shit weather they've got there. But um, they're in the middle. They're at the finals of their Gaelic footy, so they have Gaelic footy, and then they have hurling. They run. They run concurrently. Um, the guy that serves you in the bank or the guy that um, picks up your rubbish is playing for his county. He doesn't mm. leave his county. He doesn't get paid. He also plays for his local parish, which we call it local club team. They hold the parish competition until they've, if their club goes all the way to the All-Island Final, then they don't play the club comp until they come back to play for them. I'm not sure. We'll never get back to it, but there is a simplicity about it. There is a... Yeah, that 
the local people will know the guy that is standing in front of 100,000 in a, in, a, in a country of only 3 million, 100,000 on all on a final day. It's, it's, what, it's where we started. And I keep saying, surely it's going to get money at some stage. Surely they're going to start changing. And they say adamantly, no, we don't have the money. We don't want that. And, you know, these are the guys that come out and play us. And mm. We've got boys on a million. These guys are just <clears throat> farmers. Amazing. And, and, and it's just, it's great. Uh, he's been an absolute treat. But well, this man, we could spend another two hours with this man. Like, we didn't even get onto the North Adelaide coaching. Yeah, well, you should was, be. That was part of the agreement. Wasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> uh, you should be absolutely so proud of what you have done at, to your age at the moment. It's a very, very full CV, and you should be certainly very proud of, of what you've achieved. It's fantastic. And the amount of people that you would rub shoulders with and the connections that you'd make through sport. This is why sport's such a. Great thing. The connections you've made, the experiences you've had. Um, thanks so much for coming on this week. Next week, we have the Funky Basil Face Team of the Year. Yeah, he I'm sure Basil he Healy <laughs> will feature in, but yeah, it's all easy. about interaction easy. on Twitter. It's all about our guests. We so might, we're going to talk, talk about who our team of the year is oh. next year, which I'm sure you'd be very nervous to see whether you make it. I'm I'm an avid listener from now on. <laughs> <laughs> First on call it. <laughs> Hills, thanks for coming along, mate. And I hope everyone enjoys the uh, AFL Grand Final this week. Thank you, boys. Thanks, thanks, thanks. 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 Thanks.